One man, one mission, to equip the Church of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and awaken the Church to the voice of the Spirit. David Cuppet brings to you the School of the Holy Spirit from one of his many missions from around the world, where he aligns with apostolic leaders to eradicate spiritual blindness and reveal the true authority of believers in Christ, to prophesy, heal the sick, raise the dead, and cleanse the lepers. Open your heart and get ready to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of the School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session. That scripture that uh, Reuben talked about, that Revelation chapter 5 scripture, um, you know, about who is worthy to open the seals, right? That's a very powerful um, revelation because Christ paid the price to not only reveal himself, but to unveil you, okay? And we're going to talk about that here in a little bit. You know, there's this big question about what really, who are you? Right? You know, the Lord was, was very interested in Adam. You know, who said you were naked, right? That's when, when Adam failed, the Lord came and said, Who in the world said you were naked? And we grow up in this, this world um, that literally is has a dark cover, it has a veil on it, and it actually puts it on you. And the only way you actually discover who you really are is from the one who has the power to open the seals, all right? <laughs> so the real you, many of you have met Jesus in some fashion, um, some haven't, but the reality is there is a destiny written about you in heaven that few discover fully, but the Lord has an intention through the power of His Spirit to unveil the real you. That's pretty exciting, isn't it? That has a little bit different context of church and Christianity and, um, you know, the intent of what Jesus came to do. It wasn't just to take care of the bad stuff. It was to awaken the sons of God, right? To awaken the army of the Lord who will go into the world and do supernatural things just like Jesus. And so what Jesus represented when he walked on the earth is actually the same, it's the same persona. It's a representation of you walking on the earth, right? You are his representation. In fact, Jesus said in Mark 16, go out into the world and preach the gospel. The evidence of the gospel is these signs will follow those who believe, right? In my name, you will cast out devils, heal the sick, raise the dead, baptize in the Holy Ghost, you will pray in tongues, right? Right, supernatural things. And so, Jesus actually, uh, Jesus actually said this in John, John 10, 37. He says, unless I do the works of my father, don't believe me. Don't believe me. Unless there's proof that the supernatural power of heaven is with me, don't waste your time. I don't care if it has a cross in the front door and it looks Christian. If it doesn't reflect my ministry, don't waste your time. Because it's powerless and it doesn't have the power to reveal the real you, right? It doesn't have the power to introduce the real me to you, and it doesn't have the power to reveal the real you to the world, okay? You, you get the picture? It was the power of the Father that came, Jesus came in the promise of the Father, and he said that 
when he ascended, he would send the power of the promise upon you. That just as Jesus was unveiled to the world as the Son of God, doing the supernatural, he would reveal you as the sons of God to do the supernatural on the earth. Right? That's like, oh my God, Lord, I want to know who I really am. Right? Most Christians, when they come into church, um, unfortunately, the best, the mass majority of people who say they believe in Jesus never really discover who they really are because they have never really met the true power of the Holy Spirit. And so the ministry of the Holy Spirit is actually the ministry of Jesus Christ. He sent one thing onto the earth, which was to send the Holy Spirit so that the sons of God would take part in casting out devils, healing the sick, raising the dead, and doing the supernatural. That you wouldn't be a victim on the earth, you would be part of the ministry of Christ. Right? That's exciting. Jesus, send me here. I want to cast the devil out of here. I want, I want to go here and prophesy. I want to baptize people in the Holy Ghost. I want to take vengeance on the enemies of God. Those that blind the hearts of men and keep them from knowing who they are in Christ, I want to take vengeance on them. I want the warriors of Christ awakened. Amen? When I, whenever I went to India, the first time I went to India, I didn't really grasp the full picture of the simplicity of what I, what Jesus wanted to do with me over there. And it was as simple as, whoever I put in front of you, I want them baptized in the Holy Ghost. Woo, everybody gets baptized in the Holy Ghost. And I learned to trust that it was the ministry of the Holy Spirit that would unveil the sons of God on the earth. Amen? So when, well, I mean, I can get on a whole lot of different paths, but... I might be getting ahead of myself, but when you when 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 all, all of these um, let's just say limited Christian views who refuse the Holy Ghost and say we don't need the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost doesn't exist anymore. The Holy Ghost died with the apostles. That that now it's just Scripture, and all you have to do is read Scripture. Um, how, what, what's your answer? The, the answer the answer is that that's not the gospel. That's right. That is the answer. You've been faked out. You've been deceived. You're following something that is not a true representation of the the power of the kingdom of heaven. Because the representation of Christ is that you would know who you are in Christ. You would walk in the power of the Holy Ghost. And you too would be delivered, healed, set free. You would refuse sickness and disease and brokenness and all that junk. And you would have authority over the devil. Right? Didn't Jesus say that? Behold, I give you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the supernatural power of the enemy, and nothing, nothing, nothing shall harm you. And if he gets one person who believes so profoundly that they accept nothing, they tolerate anything but full forgiveness, full healing, full authority, full power, he just needs one of those. Because one of those is ready to go into the world and represent him. He just needs one. He doesn't need a whole lot, he just needs one because one person believing in the Holy Ghost releases the true representation of Christ. Amen? And so, you know, this thing, you know, the story of Paul, um, you know, Paul, the Apostle Paul, right? He wasn't in the original uh, upper room with the disciples when they got baptized in the Holy Ghost. In fact, he was he was called the Pharisee of Pharisees. He hunted Christians. In his righteous, self-righteous zeal, 
he thought he was doing the right thing for God by hunting the anointing, hunting those baptized Holy Ghost and killing them. And all of a sudden, Jesus walks up onto the road to Damascus. Kabam knocks, knocks Paul off his donkey, right? And, and talks to Paul, why are you kicking against the goats, right? Why are you coming against me, is what he was saying. And it knocked Paul for a loop, because he's, in the first time in his life, he heard the voice of God. So Paul's misrepresentation of the gospel came from reading scripture simply as a man, but the voice of God came and awakened him to go into the world and shake it. He says, I know the real Jesus. I know the real Savior. I know the real power of the Holy Ghost. No more fake Christianity. I'm going into the world in the power of the Holy Ghost. I hear him. I know him. And I release the gospel to the world. Right? And Paul who used to kill people, now is entrusted by the Lord because he heard him and he writes the, he writes the New Testament, right? And Paul has this amazing revelation. He goes in, he goes into, in, in uh, 2 Corinthians, or I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, he goes into Corinth, he goes into Greece, right? He's with the philosophers, the greatest philosophers on earth. Plato, Socrates. Oh, Socrates, I'm sorry. Socrates, I like calling him Socrates. Socrates, that's right. The greatest philosophers on earth, on earth. You couldn't get a word in edgewise with them. You couldn't prove Jesus was real. You know, there's a lot, there's a lot of guys that get caught up in proving scripture and Jesus never called you to prove scripture to anybody. Jesus called you to represent the kingdom to people in the power of the Holy Ghost, right? Jesus said, if I don't do the works of my Father, the power of the Holy Ghost and the miracles, the signs and wonders, don't believe me. Because I can't, I'm not here to convince you philosophically that I exist. I'm here to reveal myself like I revealed it to Paul and knock him off that donkey when I spoke to him and I changed his path, I changed his course of life, and I made him something by my voice that he couldn't make on his own by trying to follow a quote unquote religious process. Right? And that was Paul, the reason the Lord used Paul is because Paul was the greatest of Pharisees. He was the greatest philosopher. He was the he knew the rules, right? And he realized that the rules couldn't change him. The law itself couldn't change him. And he actually wrote, if the law could have achieved what the Lord wanted to achieve, then there would have been no need to send Christ. Because Christ was the one who broke the seal, he broke the veil, he tore it, and he revealed the kingdom, he, he poured out the power of the Holy Ghost, and he said, not only that, I'm going to pour the Spirit out on you, and you all are going to take part in releasing the power of the Holy Ghost upon the earth. I mean, what a picture. What a picture. That's so different than philosophy. You go in there, and you, you sit down, and you... You hear somebody trying to prove Jesus is real. We need to prove he's real. I don't have to prove nothing. Let me introduce you to the one I know. This is what he's saying to you. This is what he's saying to you. This is what he's saying to you. He's saying receive the Holy Ghost. Receive the Holy Ghost. See the vision of the Lord. 
So Paul goes in the in the Corinth, right? He goes into the to the to the land of the philosophers, and he begins to talk to these guys, and they're going back and forth, right? Paul's pulling out his scriptures. Well, this is what the Bible says, and the philosophers saying, "Well, this is, you know, we've got this view of life, and we've got you know this perception, and you know Plato and Plato's great 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 grandson is." probably, you know, articulating the philosophies of his forefathers, and, you know, they're going back and forth, and Paul finally gets a revelation. He gets this revelation, and it's probably one of the greatest revelations in the Bible, and it's uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1 to 5, and I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of the wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with pervasive words of human wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Holy Ghost and power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men and the philosophy that men try to use scripture to prove Jesus, but your faith should be in the encounter that I brought the living God to you, that I introduced you to the power of the Holy Ghost, that I laid hands on people, they were healed, I laid hands on people and cast out devils, that I baptized you all, and you all began with the miracle of the Holy Ghost, praying in the Holy Ghost, and were made something that you could make yourselves. And that's the difference between Christian philosophers and followers of Jesus Christ. There's a difference. Christian philosophers have been duped into the worldly way of trying to prove scripture. It's not about proving scripture, it's about knowing the one who speaks, and when you know the one who speaks, he speaks through you, and you begin through the gifts of the Spirit to introduce people to the living God, speaking to their hearts in ways that you could not do as a mere man. Amen? Amen. That's what the gifts of the Spirit are, that's what the, the prophetic voices are are meant to do is to introduce the real Jesus, not waste your time trying to pull out 20 scriptures to talk about why Jesus is, is, is alive today or, or whatever the, the, the topic is with the philosophers. Don't fall into that trap. Don't fall into that trap. In fact, let me tell you a quick story. It just popped into my mind. I was fasting. This is probably about 2008, 2009. And when I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, I, I prayed and fasted like a like a man possessed by the Holy Ghost. And I was on the third day of this fast. I was coming off of this water-only fast. And um, I walked into this Chinese restaurant. I hadn't eaten for three days, and I was ready to eat. I'm sitting down, I'm ready to eat. I had my Bible open. There was hardly anybody in there. And um, I had my Bible open. I was, I was uh, reading something in the book of Ephesians. And this uh, older guy, he was a Church of Christ guy, and a young boy, his protege, came in. And he sits down and he sees me with the Bible open. He starts to, he sits down and he goes, hey, I see you reading the Bible, that's awesome. He goes, can I, can I talk to you about it? Like he was trying to convert me. I said, sure, sit down. And he sat there and he tried to convince me. I mean, in five minutes he's trying to convince me that the Holy Spirit doesn't exist. And he's sitting here, he's trying to talk me through his view of the Bible without the Holy Spirit. And his protege is sitting there watching. 
And I'm looking at him, I'm looking at the protege, and I'm like, I want to let you get out of here without experiencing something, my friend. <laughs> and I just had this fire come up out of my belly. I don't know where this came from. Everybody, anybody get an ocean of the Holy Ghost and you just went with it? I'm sitting there and all of a sudden, I looked at that boy right in the eyes. He was probably about 19, 20 years old. And I went, que so papado. Ne, ne, pe, pe, de, de, de. Explain that. Shall no, ne, pe, pe. And he's sitting there and he's starting to shake. And he's sitting there and he's going, oh, 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 oh. And, the, and, and the, el- the elder, the older guy, he realized he had lost control of his philosophical proposition. He had no answer for what he was trying to prove had been lost and died with the apostles and the Holy Spirit didn't exist anymore. And I'm sitting there going, son, you want some of that? You want the real Holy Ghost? Shamama Pabando. And he's sitting there and the presence of God was all over this kid. And he's, he, the tears just talking about rolled down this kid's face. And I said, don't leave. Don't leave. The Lord's doing a miracle. And all of a sudden, the, the, the old guy, the philosopher, he grabbed the kid and ran out of the restaurant, hopped in the truck, and headed back out of town. Scared to death. And I'm, I'm ministering and preaching and prophesying to him as they're running out of the restaurant. Wow. I wouldn't advise that unless you really believe. Right? Unless you're willing to pay the consequences of truly representing Jesus. Right? Uh, and, and you know, the Bible talks about not praying in tongues and doing different things in places where people don't understand. But when you're in a ministry situation, the power of the Holy Ghost is, is to represent the kingdom, is to demonstrate the kingdom. And the tongue that was coming out of my mouth was causing a presence to fall on this boy that he'll never forget. In fact, I believe that that boy will be led out of that dead religious thing by the power of the Holy Spirit because he experienced it. Amen? So do not waste your time trying to convince people Jesus is real. You are to be in such a deep relationship with the Holy Ghost that you hear him, know him, right? And you may be saying that, well, you know, I believe in the Holy Spirit. I've seen gifts of the Holy Spirit work, but I'm not really sure. I've never really practiced them myself. I I might want them. And, but I'm not really even sure who I really am, right? I mean, that's a common thing. And, th- and there's no fault in that. It's actually my job is to equip you and get you to know who you are, to reveal who you are, so that you would walk in the power of the Holy Ghost, right? And so, you know, when, when uh, Reuben was using that scripture in Revelation 5 about who is worthy to open the scrolls, Right? Do you know what the scrolls really represent? There's a, there's a destiny that the Lord wrote about you before the foundation of the earth. Okay? There's a destiny locked inside of you. It's already been written in heaven that when Jesus baptizes you in the Holy Ghost, you begin to hear the Lord's voice by the Holy Ghost, who's the only one worthy of opening the seals of unveiling who you really are, of breaking that broken thing, that lie, that drug addiction, that fear, that trauma off of you, and empowering you to fit in the destiny that the Lord wrote about you, because His will for you is great, it's awesome, it's purpose, it's healing, it's 
filled with life. It's filled with expectation. It's filled with dominion. It's filled with a haunting of the enemies of God. And Jesus, who is worthy of opening the scroll, was surrounded by, by, uh, on the throne by the sevenfold spirit of God. Right? He was surrounded by the perfection of the spirit. And that perfection of the spirit was so valued by Jesus Christ that when he ascended out of hell, the one thing that he valued that was used to open the scrolls, he sent on earth. It's called the baptism of the Holy Ghost, right? It's called being immersed in the Holy Ghost. It's called being just like Paul, who's trying to live a religious life philosophically, gets hit by the Holy Ghost, and suddenly the voice of God does something to Paul that Paul couldn't do on his own, wondering and, and in his zeal trying to actually do the right thing. But the real Paul was hidden behind a seal. The real Paul was hidden behind a seal that could only be unveiled by the voice of the Holy Spirit. Who is worthy to open the scrolls, right? The one who's ascended into heaven, the one who overcame hell and the grave, the one who conquered sin and death. And now Revelation 1 says that Jesus holds the keys of sin and death. So Jesus holds all keys. He holds the keys of life and resurrection because it was the Holy Ghost that came into his place of death and that he depended on, that he was surrounded on by that throne, that he was taken by the Holy Ghost and raised up as the true resurrected king. And that's a picture of you born into a dark world. You have a seal on you, right? You get the picture? You are sealed. Many don't know who they are. They don't know that they have powerful gifts inside of them. They don't know that they're born as sons of God to hear the Lord and to have the scroll of the Lord, the destiny the Lord wrote about them, unveiled and launching you on his course in life, following his voice, instead of being sealed, locked away, broken, bound, ashamed, hurt, a drug addicted, right? You got the picture? There's two destinies. Satan's written a destiny for you, and the Father in Heaven has written a destiny for you. And only the one who was victor victorious over death promised to send you the Holy Ghost so that you would hear the voice of the Lord fluently. Fluently. Not once in a while, fluently. It's called the spirit of adoption. It's called stay in the city, right? Jesus said, stay in the city. I'm sending you one thing where I'm adopting you as sons. And what didn't exist yesterday is going to exist when I send my Holy Ghost upon you. And you will begin to hear my Father's voice and know who you are in Christ. That's a pretty awesome picture, isn't it? So who's worthy to open the seals? Right? The, the one who conquered sin and death. Not the law. Not learning scripture. Not trying to achieve a picture of the kingdom. But hearing and receiving the voice of the Lord who resurrects what you can't do on your own. Your life and the breaking out of the, of the seals of the world that are upon every person is there's only one thing that can open those scrolls. And that is the power of the Holy Ghost that the Lamb, the, the, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, who conquered it, sends it upon you. Right? 
That's pretty exciting, isn't it? Yeah. Amen. You may be saying that, well, I've never had an experience like that. I don't know. I don't know what that's like. I'm not sure if there's anything really written of me about like my destiny, right? That's a common question. But until you have a Damascus Road experience, right? You kind of wonder. You, you, you want it, but you haven't really had it yet. Right? And so, whenever I was, uh, you know, Shelly and I were, um, you know, we got touched by the Lord way back in 1990, our last year of college. And um, something happened to us, but we were never fathered. We, we never had somebody to lead us in the Holy Spirit or anything like that. And so we faded away. We were out in the world. Um, we probably hadn't been in church for a long, long time. And uh, 2005, I had never been baptized in the Holy Ghost. I didn't even know what the Holy Ghost was. I grew up in a Methodist church where Jesus, Easter Bunny, Santa Claus, Holy Ghost, they were all on the same level. <laughs> I didn't know the difference between any one of them. They were all philosophical to me because I hadn't encountered one. In fact, I had probably encountered or expected in Santa more than I did in the Holy Ghost because when I woke up on Christmas morning as a kid, I had presents sitting under the tree. But I don't know about this Holy Ghost. I didn't really encounter him, right? And so finally about 2000, it was 2005, we got invited into this church and we reluctantly went and um, we didn't know it was a Holy Ghost Spirit-filled church. Or I probably, probably, I didn't know what that was, but I probably wouldn't have went, but somehow we walk in and, uh, you know, we're there and uh, there's this prophet guy. And the reason I went is because I was a dreamer. I dreamed, but I didn't know what the dreams meant and it intrigued me that the advertisement said that this guy can interpret dreams. And I was like, I want to hear what this guy, that's kind of supernatural. I want to hear what this guy says. You know, so we went, right? So we, we go, and um, he starts to preach, and all of a sudden he, he stops He stops preaching. He's looking at me. I'm telling him, we came in, we're sitting in the very back row because we didn't want to like participate in worship. We just wanted to see if this guy was real, right? <laughs> And so his prophetic gift, he's standing up here preaching, and all of a sudden he zeroes in on me in the back. And um, he jumps down off the pulpit, he runs down the aisle, and he points at me and says, Son, there's a call of God on your life. The Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. And he starts to prophesy over me about being a Gideon. You know who Gideon was? Gideon was the guy hiding in the wine cellar in fear because of what the world was coming upon him with. The real Gideon was hidden, right? So he's, he's prophesying over me. He goes, he goes, come on up front. I want to pray for you. So I get up. I stand up. I walk up the aisle. My legs are shaking. I never felt anything like it, right? I come up front. And he lays his hand on me and he says, you know the Holy Spirit? He pray in tongues. I, I looked at him. I said, what's tongues? <laughs> what the heck is tongues? And he says, you have no clue. I said, yeah, I have no clue. I am raw, dude. I, I know nothing. Nothing about you. I know nothing. Right? And he goes, you're going to feel the power of God like you never felt before in your life. And he laid his hand on me, and boom, something was imparted to me that couldn't come through philosophical religion, 
sitting in a, a dead Methodist church for almost 20 years of my life growing up. Somehow he lays his hand on me and he imparts, he gives me what he carried. He gave me the Holy Spirit and I'm laying on the floor and for the first time in my life, the void that was deep inside of me, the hurt, the anger, the just pain, the junk, all that, it was like this peace filled me in such a way that it was like, oh my God, I'm laying there. And I could hear people walking around me, but I couldn't move. It was like I was paralyzed. He gets back up in the thing, up in the pulpit, and he starts to preach, right? About 30 minutes later, I roll over, I get up, I stand up, and this language comes flying out of my mouth. Nobody coached me, nobody sent it to me. This language just comes flying out of my mouth. And I'm, I'm in front of the church going, team, I'm so big, my mom, boom, I fall back again. I mean, it was a wild night. Shelly, you know, we're praying over Shelly. We're, we're having these experiences. And um, we go home. Um, they, they literally carried me out to the car, put me in the passenger seat. Shelly drove me home. I'm like, I'd never felt peace before in my life. I'm like, comatose in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, and we get in the driveway, and I, I roll I roll out. I'm, I'm like, oh my God, the hair on my arms is standing up. I'm like, this Holy Ghost thing's real, man. I'm like, what is this? Oh my God. She goes up to bed, and I'm like, there's no way I can sleep. And so I go into, my daughter was staying at a friend's house, and so I go into my daughter's room, and I sat in the bed. And when I sat in the bed, I felt the bed go down beside me, and Jesus began to speak to me. And he began to reveal everything about, you know, the stupidity and the junk and the, the things that hurt and all that stuff. And he literally starts to talk to me. I can hear his voice. And he's talking to me and he's, he's, he's discussing these things with me. And it's like he begins to wash my heart. And I can't explain it, but I'm trembling. And he's sitting there and he's talking to me. Okay? And this goes on for like two hours. Back and forth, back and forth. I'm, I'm like, I'm not in the Holy Ghost. I don't know what it felt like, but what I experienced changed me. It did something that 20 years of philosophy and, and just bad teaching, no Holy Spirit couldn't do, right? And so he's talking, and, and um, find somewhere around 3 or 4 in the morning, he starts asking me this question. Will you speak for me? And I'm like, there is no way, there's no way, bro. You don't even know what your scripture says. I don't know anything about your Bible. And you know, he wasn't worried about my Bible knowledge. He was worried about my heart saying yes. And he kept asking me the question. And this went on till finally about 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning. He's asking, will you speak for me? And I finally had the revelation. And then he's found me until he gets his answer. <laughs> and I said, yes. I'll speak to you, Lord. I have no idea what to say. I'm not going to raise my hand, but if you ask me to speak somewhere, I'll speak. Boom. He was gone. Okay? The presence of the Holy Ghost was still on me. I'm vibrating. I'm shaking. I, I, was, I shook all night. But the voice that came to do something to me, to unseal me, to unveil me, to reform me, to heal me and send me, 
he did what he wanted to do, okay? And I, you know, at this point, six o'clock in the morning, that happened on a Saturday night, it's now Sunday morning, okay? I run over, I jumped in the shower, I, you know, I hadn't slept, I, it was electric. I didn't actually sleep um, for, for like three days from this experience. I was so wired, the impartation of the presence of the Lord, it was like I would lay down in the presence of God, it was just like electric, okay? And so I run over, I get in the shower, I come out, and of course what happened in the church was crazy enough. Um, I wasn't going to tell my wife about Jesus sitting beside me and speaking to me all night. She goes, I think we need to go back to that church. Okay? And let me back up. When I, when I say, when I finally said yes to the Lord, I said, I'll speak, but only if you ask me to speak, I'm not going to speak. Okay? And I said it in a way that was specific. All right? And so, anyway, so Shelly goes, I think we need to go back to that church. Um, we get in the car, we go, we go in, we get through worship. The guest prophetic speaker guy, he's standing in the pulpit, he starts to preach, and you can see it's like, he got, he got something come on him, right? Something came on him, and he's looking around the room and he zeroes in on me. I'm hiding in the other side of the room this time. He finds me, he runs down the aisle, and uh, he puts the mic in front of my face and he says, son, I heard you cut a deal with the Holy Ghost last night that if you were asked to speak, you would speak. And dude, he grabbed me by the neck. He took me up in front of the church. He was, he was a dominant personality. I mean, he was a, he was a, um, he was a dominant voice. He was a prophet. He, he took me up in front of the church, smacks me in the back, and he says, preach. And I opened my mouth, and I, I can't even explain what came out of my mouth. I mean, I just started to talk about Jesus being real and his voice. He's real. He sat beside me last night. And if you don't know Jesus, you need Jesus. You need the real Jesus. If you don't know him, if you haven't met the one who speaks, the one who said he would resurrect you, make you something that you couldn't make your own, I said you need Jesus. And people started to come out of their chairs. I, had no, I, I didn't even know the Holy Ghost. 24 hours before, and suddenly after one experience with the Holy Spirit and Jesus speaking to me, I'm preaching and calling people to meet the living God. Not the dead one that the scripture talks about, but the one who lives and has a vision for your life. The one who came to unveil the real you. Are you with me, church? I mean, that's the gospel. That is the real gospel. If the voice isn't in what you're doing, what are you representing? Come on, man. I'm preaching to somebody. I'm preaching to somebody because the Lord's here today to unveil some people. He's here today to say, quit trying to follow the junk. You need to meet the real me. You need to experience and hear me in a way that I can do to you what you can't do on your own. And once it's done to you, you, no doubt, will go and do it to the world. Less than 24 hours, I have a mic in my hand saying I met the real one. 
I met the one who speaks. I met the one who knows you. I met, I met the one who washes you clean. I met the one who heals hearts. I met the one who said, you are my son. I met the one who says, I adopt you. I met the one who says, I am your shield and your strength. I met the one who says, I have a plan for your life. I have a destiny for you. I met him. And you can't out-philosophical me. Is that, right? Is that the right phrase? You know what I mean, right? You cannot philosophize me because I met the living one. The one who speaks visions and dreams and promises. Right? That was the promise of the Father. Joel 2.28, I will pour out my spirit upon you. You will dream dreams, have visions. It will be like Jesus sitting on the bed beside you. And all of a sudden, his voice does something to you that you couldn't do on your own. And your testimony will be, I met the one who lives. Amen? Amen. <laughs> so, this picture of Jesus being real. And this Jesus being so powerful, so dominant, invading places, doing things that man and philosophy cannot do on their own, right? It's a completely different representation. It's the real representation. Amen? It's the, it's the one that literally does things that you can't do on your own, right? And so... The question is, have you have you followed, have you come to church because of your family, because of your relationships, because you're searching, or because you've heard the voice and you know that there is a purpose and a plan for your life? Because if you have it, Jesus is here to unveil you. Romans 8, 19 says, For all of creation groans and travails for the unveiling of the sons of God. The real sons of God. The ones baptized in the Holy Ghost who hear His voice and know Him. The word unveiled actually has two aspects to it. It's, it actually means to be sealed in darkness, right? Something it act, It's the word klepto. It means that something has been stolen, right? I'm here to tell you that you have a great destiny. And if you don't know who you are in Christ and you don't know your destiny, if you haven't heard Jesus reveal your destiny to you, that's because the enemy still has you sealed and has a veil over you, right? And I'm not worried about you not knowing who you are because I hear the Lord and I know that there's a purpose for you. I know that the prophetic voice breaks through veils and is set to unveil the real you. The second piece of that unveiling word is the opening of the seal and the real you, the sons of God, step on the earth in the power of the Holy Ghost. The sons and daughters who've been adopted by the spirit of adoption into the kingdom, you're grafted in. You hear the voice. You have him sit beside you. You have him revealed to you. Visions and dreams, supernatural encounters, things that you... You, when you realize, I'm not going to work anymore, I'm not going to try to study my way to Jesus, I'm going to rely on the Holy Ghost and let the Holy Ghost pray through me, who will draw my Father's voice to come do to me, that I couldn't try to make myself by reading the Bible. 
You get the picture? A lot of people don't understand why they, they were given the Holy Ghost. You see, when you receive the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes to unveil. He comes to unseal and reveal you, the real you, what the religious you, the pre-Holy Ghost you, or the pre-the mind that is not set on the Spirit can't do on your own. That make sense? Who will open the scroll? Who has the power to unveil? Who has the power to take the seals off of the destiny that the Lord wrote about you? Is it a man like Paul reading the scripture and trying to achieve it? Or is it the dumb man that got knocked off his donkey by the presence of God, the voice of God, and the voice of God called the real Paul out, and Paul went into the world because he heard the voice of God. Are you with me, church? Which leads to the question of why does he give you the Holy Spirit? You see, there's a lot, one, one of the things that grieves my heart is that when I go into charismatic churches, that claim the Holy Spirit, but they don't have a faithful prayer life, and they don't understand and value the gift of tongues. Because the gift of tongues is the most powerful aspect of the beginning of the opening of the seal, the beginning of the opening of the destiny in your life. Every time you pray, you are removing seals. Every time you pray, you are removing seals. Every time you pray in tongues, you have the ability to draw on the Lord to speak to you, which unveils the next part, and then the next part, and then the next part. And when you were a baby Holy Ghost guy, right, just baptized in the Holy Ghost, but you were faithful and praying in the Holy Ghost, one year goes by and you're having fluent visions. The next year goes by and you're having dreams and visions and the Lord is, is building you further. And you, you, you then have another year of praying faithfully in the Holy Ghost. And the next thing you know, the Lord is positioning you because you've learned to trust the voice of the Spirit. And you represent Him in a supernatural way, bringing to the world the way Paul brought to the world. Do you know the Holy Ghost? Do you know the Holy Ghost? You know, that's what Paul said in Ephesians Ephesians, um, I'm sorry, Acts chapter 19. In Acts chapter 19, Paul's walking through Ephesus. And he, he comes across a bunch of the, their uh, disciples of John. They were, they were baptized in repentance, meaning they were water baptized. Right? They knew they needed a Savior, but they hadn't received their Savior. They knew they, they, they were in need, that there was something um, that they needed to repent for, but they hadn't yet received the life of resurrection, okay? And Paul says, have you received the baptism of Jesus Christ since you believed? And they said, no. And he goes, let me lay my hands on you, right? And there were 12 of them. Acts chapter, uh, yeah, Acts chapter 19, verse, verse 27. He laid his hands on him, and guess what happened? The same thing that happened on the day of Pentecost happened to those 12. It says that they prayed in tongues, then prophesied. They prayed in tongues, they were able to draw the Lord to speak to them, and then they prophesied. So the vision is a promise of the prayer life. 
Are you getting the picture? The vision is a promise of the prayer life. When you are Holy Ghost dependent, you see a lot of people get caught in this world of still being religiously scripture reliant instead of flipping to being Holy Ghost reliant. You see, when I walk into places, I don't know oftentimes what I'm going to do, what I'm going to say, who I'm going to call out, who I'm going to minister to next, who I'm going to pray for deliverance for. But all of a sudden, the Lord speaks and says, you, you, you. And I begin to minister to people, right? How did that happen? Was it instant? No. But 17 years ago, when I was baptized in the Holy Ghost, I was undone in the Holy Spirit, and I found out that this power of the Holy Ghost and Jesus speaking to me is a relational thing that didn't exist in that dead religion. I fell in love with hearing the voice of the Lord. I couldn't stop praying. I literally couldn't stop praying. I love the presence of God. I could not find the the peace of the Lord outside of of praying in the Spirit. Amen? Can you you connect to that? Is there anybody that, that says, you know what? That's me. That's my situation. That's that's me. I I'm caught in two worlds, and I don't know, really know who I am. I don't know that Jesus has a real, like, supernatural plan for my life. I don't know that um, there's a destiny written about me. Think about that. The Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit took the time to plan your life. He cares about you. He loves you. He adopted. He's already planned for your adoption. Right? And that's you. When you step into the destiny that the Lord wrote about you, which will be revealed as that relationship builds and grows, and, and you spend time listening, and the dreams and the visions keep coming and coming and coming, what you used to be doesn't matter. It's what's he, what he's revealing in you, what he's revealing through you, what he's revealing to you. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. So, you got to ask yourself the question, is there a city in you? Is there a region in you? Is there a book in you? Is there a nation in you? Is there? Is there? Right? Is, is, there, is there a nation? Is there something that the Lord is calling you to do that is so beyond your imagination, so beyond your ability to conceive that, that, that it's like so beyond comprehension that you can't even fathom it? That same prophet came back to our church somewhere around 2011. <laughs> And he zeroed in on me. He found me in the back of the church and he called me forward. And he uh, he started to talk to me about he says, how many souls, how many people this year are you going to get baptized in the Holy Ghost? How many in your lifetime do you think you're going to get baptized in the Holy Ghost? And I, I had this shallow view of what was possible. And I said 50 and he looked at me, he's like, come on, man. I said, all right, a hundred. Come on, man. And I'm, as he's saying what's possible, as he's revealing what's possible to me, I, I said, I'm starting to feel like the presence of God come on me. And I start saying, I'm like, okay, 
500. And he starts getting excited. And he starts slapping me in the back. And he says, come on, man. How many? And I finally said, I said, a thousand. A thousand people baptized in the Holy Ghost. And he says, come on. More. And he says, how many? And I said, 10,000. I'm like, I'm like falling in a palace not. And he pulled me up. He says, bigger. There's more. I said, a hundred thousand, a hundred thousand. Bam, I'm waiting on snot flying out of me. Because I couldn't fathom the possibility of Jesus Christ using me to send me around the world to baptize a hundred thousand people in the Holy Spirit. And since that time, the Lord's been, I mean, that, that was 12, 13 years ago now. The Lord impressed, impressed me on times to ask him, not only for 100,000, but for 200,000. To ask him for 500,000. To ask him for a million souls to meet the living God. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm partway there. I'm partway there. I mean, I, I've crossed over the 100,000 mark with all my stuff in India. But, come on, Lord, let's do a million. Lord, Lord Jesus Christ said, ask me for the nations, and I will give you the nations. You see, people that have a shallow view need that shallow view broken off, right? Because the army of the Lord is an unstoppable force. And if you start with one, then you start, then you get multiplied to ten, then you get multiplied to a hundred, then a thousand, then ten thousand, then a hundred thousand, then a million, then ten million. Nothing is impossible for God. You see, if you think as a shallow man, if you think as, as one without the power of the Holy Ghost, you will have a limited view of life. But if you think with Jesus about what is possible and what he's unctioning you to believe in, nothing is impossible with God. And the reality is that the overshadowing of the Holy Spirit will take you to places that you can never take on your own. You're not called to think like a mere man. You're called to think in the dreaming power of the Holy Ghost. Where are we going, Lord? What are we going to do? Who needs the Holy Ghost? Who's going to get set on fire? Amen? So let's do this. Let's, let's pray a little bit. You guys want to pray? Yeah. <laughs> let's do this. Say, Holy Spirit, I ask in the name of Jesus for your dream to be dropped in my heart. Speak to me. Break the seals. Break the limitations. Break my shallow way of thinking. Break through. Come on, Jesus. You are the God of the breakthrough. You are the one who opens seals. And I put my faith in you. Not the shallow, limited view of man. Because with you, Jesus, all things are possible. And I ask to dream with you. I ask that you would share your dreams with me. I ask to raise my faith. To baptize me in power again. In every way, I went back to religion. Break it off of me. Break religion off of me. Give me a, a, a desire to pray in the Holy Ghost without teaching. I want to be like Paul, who said... I pray in tongues more than you all. Because when I pray, 
My Father speaks. The Holy Ghost gives me dreams. He gives me direction. He gives me purpose. He gives me the power of the Holy Ghost. The unlimited power of the Holy Ghost. So Father, right now, hit me with a fresh baptism of fire. Hit me, Lord, with a fresh baptism of fire. I pray in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord, for the power of the Holy Ghost to come with signs, wonders, and miracles that people would be around me because of my philosophy, but people would be around me because I get words from the Lord, because I get visions and dreams for them, because I know you want to speak to them. Lord, bring people to my living room. Bring them to my living room so that we can pray over them, so that we can cast demons out of them, so that we can light them on fire and heal their heart. Bring the people in, Lord, and let them function like Paul said the church would function, that they pray in the Holy Ghost, that they get prophetic functions to stab visions for the new people, and that they would be introduced to the living God, not the philosophical God. Not the one that you have to convince people to believe in, but the one who convinces on his own. The one who introduces people to himself. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, for visions that are beyond the limitations of the people sitting in this room. Stretch them, Lord. Stretch them, Lord. Come on, stretch them, Lord. Stretch them. Stretch them, Lord. Stretch them. Come on, Jesus, stretch them. Stretch them in ways where they wake up out of bed and Lord and say, the Lord said, we're doing a crusade in the city. It's going to be 10,000. Yes. Come on, stretch them, Lord. Stretch them to believe that they're supposed to be sending eight-man ministry teams to go into the city to prophesy to the drug addicts, to the homeless, and have stories just like the demoniac in Mark 5 who, when he was healed in the power of the prophetic anointing, ministered to the whole region. A crazy guy made new by the Holy Ghost. Healed fully by the Holy Spirit. Give Give them a dream of what's possible, Lord. Give them hope and expectation of dominion, authority. Lord, give them an expectation, just like you said in John 10. If we don't do the working of miracles and signs and wonders do not believe us. Don't believe us. Don't waste your time. We're not going to introduce you to a philosophical God. I'm just going to prophesy over you. I'm going to tell you what the Lord is saying to you. I'm going to release upon you the vision of the Lord and he's going to unseal you. Come on, man. There's a message. There's a new vision being written on the hearts of the people in here of what is possible and how to expect in the impossible thing that goes beyond the limitations of a mere man but it's one who is baptized in the Holy Ghost it's one who trusts in nothing else but the Holy Ghost it's the way of the Holy Ghost it's the one thing that Jesus came to give 
And it's the one thing that Jesus says to trust in, not trying to pick and choose your Bible understanding as a menu and when to apply which scripture and how to do it. But you learn to trust in what the voice of God is saying, and he will point you in the right place at the right time with the right message for the right people. And there is nothing that can stop the direct now word of the Lord. My God, what would you look like if your life was simplified into praying and receiving? Praying and receiving. Praying and receiving. Praying and receiving. In one year from now, what would you look like? What would you look like? I know what you would look like. You would be unstoppable. You would be so excited, you'd be begging Jesus, send me to Rochester. Send me to Nairobi, Kenya. Send me to San Francisco. Send me, Lord. I have something to say to them. Send me to Atlanta, Georgia. Come on, Lord. 50,000. 50, Come on. 50,000 this year. How about next year? We want 100,000 people baptized in the Holy Ghost. If you get it from Finney and Nash, you'll do it for me. They're not greater than me. I am your son. I'm a, I'm a son of favor. I'm a son of expectation. And I have a burden upon my heart that people would know the Holy Spirit, Lord. So please send me. Come on, stay with me. Come on, there's a burden coming in here for the awakening of the sons of God in this city. Come on, stay with me. Please send me, Holy Ghost. Please send me to the lost, to the broken, those in need of being resurrected in the power of the Holy Ghost. Come on, Lord, speak to me. I want to carry the cloth of your anointing. Send me, O oh Lord. Come on, Lord, make me like, huh, make me like that prophet who heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for me? Come on, Lord. Make me like that prophet. Make me like the one who hears the voice of the Lord who says, I hear my father saying, whom shall I send? And who will go for me? Send me, O Lord. Come on, say it with me. Send me, O Lord. In the power of your spirit. Unveil me. The real me. To the world. In the name of Jesus. Come on, Lord, do it for me. Do it for me. Thank you for joining this week's episode of the School of the Holy Spirit. For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to davidcuppet.org, D-A-V-I-D-C-U-P-P-E-T-T dot O-R-G, or fivestoneministries.org. You can also find the School of the Holy Spirit podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma Magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book entitled Wisdom-Filled Warriors, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.